everybody. Scotty Milas here. All things considered franchising powered by scottmilasfranchisecoach.com. All things considered franchising is a podcast devoted to the franchising industry, entrepreneurship, and business ownership. Uh, Scott Milas Franchise Coach is an organization that helps people research and explore business ownership, exploring franchise opportunities, and comparing them to independent options. Today's guest, Jeff Hughes, president and founder of Skilled Samurai. Jeff, great to be hey. here. Great to have you. Likewise, I'd say it's good to see you again. It's been yeah, it's been a while since before the pandemic. So yes, yeah. yes. You know, uh, Jeff, you, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on my uh, on the podcast is for two reasons. One, you're in that category of an emerging brand. And I always have found emerging brands to be fascinating because when you think about franchises, and again, I say this probably nine out of 10 times on my podcast, on every podcast, there's a lot more to McDonald's and the $5 foot log. But those brands at one point were emerging brands. I mean, let's face it. They had to have their first franchisee. They had to have their second. They had to have their 100th hmm. and so on. So your story in the franchising as an emerging brand has becoming well-known. Um, it, it's a brand that's getting a lot of attention and recognition, but also as an individual, your passion for education, coding and STEM education. And for those of you who may not be familiar with the STEM uh, the STEM uh, meaning, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, because as we all know, and we're hearing it every day, in order to compete in today's society, science, technology, engineering, mathematics are very important. Teaching our young kids the importance, not so much kicking a soccer ball, but hmm. mathematics, engineering, science, and technology. So, so welcome on, Jeff. Good to have you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Let's start out by talking about a little bit about the brand. So why don't you take 60 seconds, kind of give us an idea of, you know, what got you into this or how you got into the category uh, your passion and, uh, you know, waking up one morning and deciding, hey, look, I'm going to franchise this and bring it to the United States. Yeah. So uh, when I look back on my life, I really can see uh, one of my driving forces has been uh, empowering people through education um, and seeing the ability of education uh, to change people's lives and through that um, change generations, like change their children's lives. Um, I've mentioned before that uh, my mom was illiterate. She was an immigrant to Canada. Um, and when I began in kindergarten, I began teaching her how to read. Uh, so she learned how to read as I was. Um, and, you know, through that, seeing the changes that it made in her life, being able to get a job. Um, and then in particular in STEM, I was, um, you know, I went to my kid's school one day. And at the time they had 350 kids and three computers. Wow. And I compared that, it seems shocking now. Um, I think at the time Estonia had comprehensive computer science from kindergarten all the way through high school. And I thought, you know, how are my kids going to get in the future? Um, how is this country, how's the US going to be able to be competitive if um, if our kids don't have the same skill sets that everyone else does? So my... um. One of my business goals was to start a franchisable company. So at the time I was working for uh, a, a, a company that was franchised as a franchise coach. So 
I was already kind of in that and I presented my idea to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they really helped mentor me for the first three years in the design, the development of the franchise model, uh, training, uh, things like that. So it was really um, the idea came first to franchise and then I needed to find the right um, business to do it. When you look at the profile of your organization and uh, the the STEM education category, I wouldn't call it a crowded field, but it's a competitive field. Um, mm -hmm. And I've always been a believer that um, competition is good, but in some cases, you either got to be a little bit uniquely different or better than the people that are in the category. So when right. you look at your organization and how you approached this when you were decided to franchise it and build a franchise system, a franchise become a franchisor, what was your focus to be a little bit different than what was already out there? Yeah, that's a good question. So we, um, one thing we did was we took coding out of our name and we took kids out of our name which signs, sounds kind of odd, but our focus is really in that belief, the belief that in the future, there will always be a gap between what schools can teach and what employers are looking for. So in that gap are the skills that we're going to teach. And at the moment, that is heavily computer science and coding. I don't know what that's going to be in 10 years, but I know there will be a gap. So that's the first focus. So our, um, our owners aren't stuck teaching kids coding. 10 years from now, if that's no longer needed. Great. And uh, no, and no, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. And the second part is um, we really focus on preparing kids for future careers that our focus isn't, Hey, kids coding is fun. It's get them using real professional tools so that they're ready for jobs uh, when they graduate from high school. When parents look at STEM education, coding, um, you know, sometimes parents will say, and I know being a parent and now grandkids, uh, you know, my, my, my daughter or son is six years old, seven years old. They're still trying to figure out what direction they mm -hmm. want to go in. They really enjoy kicking the soccer ball or playing in a little league. How important is the, the science, technology, engineering, mathematics to the future of those mm -hmm. children as they start to get older and enter what I call the real world. I mean, right. it, it, our, 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 our parents sometimes, and again, this isn't a knock on today's parents, but are we being blind to what the world or the, where the world is and the direction the world's going to, uh, mm. is this, should this be an important part of the curriculum, uh, with, with children today? Yeah. A couple of years ago, we sent our flyers home at a school. One of the girls was five years old. Her name was Olivia. She brought it home to her mom and said, mom, I'm five years old and I don't know how to code yet. She um, got her parents <laughs> to sign her up and she was with us for like the next five years. Um, I've, I've heard it said that 85% of jobs that will exist in 2030, so seven years, don't exist yet. So all these kids that are in school presently, you know, my youngest is now in a freshman in high school. So looking ahead seven years, uh, she'll be graduating from college. Um, we don't know what jobs she's going to be graduating into. So by introducing kids at a young age to computer science and giving them uh, a spark to learn more, 
that helps. It also improves their confidence. So they learn one language, they will feel confident to learn more. And the, the, the earlier they're exposed to it in a positive way, the more likely they are to uh, keep taking it through high school and college. Great. Um, I never graduated college. I was just never that college kind of guy. Mm -hmm. I, was, I, I always tell people I was the kind of guy that if I put my hand on the stove, it was hot. I know not <laughs> to put my hand on the stot, uh, stove. Um, again, you know, there's been a lot of talk and chitter chatter about the ne necessity of college education. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people look at coding STEM education as a gateway to college or a benefit to being college. Mm -hmm. But let's flip it for a second. Is this, and there's been a lot of talk recently, and again, that chitter chatter about trade, trade school, yep. trade. Can STEM education and coding be tied into a trade? Is this necessarily, well, if I'm going to send my, my kids to your school, you know, they're going to go to college, or is it more of, I want to educate my kids so maybe they can, you know, take this and be anything. Maybe they can take it to, you know, any type of trade. I mean, you mm -hmm. follow what I'm trying to get at here? I mean, yeah. is it, I, I, people always seem to associate this with college education or future of college education. Right. Yeah. We, in a lot of our material, we present this as an alternative to college. So um, recently Google, Tesla, uh, Netflix, Amazon have all said that you don't need a college degree to work for them. They are looking for experience and a set of uh, credentials. So when we are preparing students through high school, by the time they graduate, they would have four years of experience programming. And then they can also earn the certification for Amazon or Google, um, ideally to make them career ready, get an entry level job, uh, which pays really well. Uh, and skip college. So for some families, some students, that's really the way they'd want to go. Right. Um, other jobs, we're still stuck going to college. Um, so we presented as, hey, this is this could really enhance your resume, your application for college, or it could allow you to get jobs without going to college. Great, great. Um, let's shift gears a little bit in the type of franchisees that you're looking for, for the organization. Mm. Um, if I was having a general conversation with a client of mine and, uh, you know, kind of connecting the dots and helping them look into certain categories, where do you see, where is that best fit franchisee for your organization? Where, where is it, um, you know, what are some of the qualifications, not so much qualifications because, People have a tendency to think qualifications is quantitative, mm. and I don't think it's necessarily the case, but that's how people look at qualifications. But what are the characteristics of somebody that it, that would be interested or you see as a, 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 a benefit or a credential uh, that would be interested in your organization? I think 60% of our new owners from last year uh, came from education. Um, most of them were teachers. One of them was a vice president, vice principal. Um, all of them had a spouse who was in finance or technology. So they're coming at it saying, Hey, you know what? I get to teach on my terms. I'm not teaching for a district or it's part of a school. Um, and they have a value in education and specifically in STEM. So that was really interesting to see prior to that. Um, it was a lot of people with a technology background. Right. And they are looking for 
a second revenue stream. Maybe they're looking towards retirement. Uh, we all know with, um, with the pandemic that there was a lot of job uncertainty. So people who before thought they had kind of a job for life are now thinking, well, let's do something in my field that um, could take care of my family if something happens to my job. And teaching technology seems like a good fit. So those would be the the two main groups. And then the third group is um, is more of that investor who is buying it to to buy three of them and have a manager over all three of them. Okay. So the the teacher, the IT person, or the investor. So it, there is this semi, what we call in the industry, that semi-absentee role. Uh, right. Again, I, I've always said that let's be careful with semi-absentee because you don't want to invest all, you know, considerable amount of money into something and then just hand the keys over to somebody else. But mm -hmm. the programs that your schools are offering, and we talk about teachers because teachers are typically, you know, eight in the morning until three in the afternoon, you know, depending on the grade right. level. Is this something a teacher could do because it's after school programs uh, or is it before school? I mean, you know, when a teacher, you know, sometimes teachers look for different avenues, revenue drivers. Um, is this something a teacher or a professor because of the flexibility they only work from eight to three? It's a hard job, mm -hmm. eight to three, but, um, you know, and then maybe have the summers off. There's a vacations. Is that a consideration as well? Yeah, definitely. So our programs do typically run from uh, four till eight, Monday to Friday, uh, Saturday mornings, and then through the summer. So it would definitely work with that role. When we talk about um, who they're hiring, we, we refer to them as coaches. 98% uh, of our content, our curriculum is self-directed. So we hire first and second year university students, seniors in high school, um, to just kind of be there to cheer on and support the students. Uh, but there's very little upfront teaching. So the role of the owner is really one of um, network marketing, building a network in their city, uh, talking to principals, talking to school officials, and uh, getting more students. Some of them teach because they want to. They'll teach right. a class or two. But for the most part, like a lot of businesses, we want them growing their business, not just right. being in there teaching. Uh, you don't want them by, you don't want them behind the grill flipping burgers. You want them. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's the way. Once you're there, it. it's hard. Yeah. yeah. That happened to me. I, you know, my first business was a pizza restaurant. Um, and when I got to the spot where I had to be making pizzas 60 hours a week, instead of growing the business, I, it was all yep. downhill because I just uh, bought no. a really expensive job. Yeah, no, that that's good. And of course your industry, uh, you know, the services in the industry that you're in, uh, education obviously plays an integral part in giving back to the community, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's that 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 I would think that there has to be that charitable side to someone giving back because that's an important part to the networking side of growing the business. Uh, is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, we do encourage that locally. Uh, you know, they'll volunteer at a boys and girls club or different uh, community groups in their city. They're the probably people that will never be their customer, but they still uh, really need this kind of content. Uh, and then we do that globally as well. So in September, we built our first orphanage in India. And we, so there are 12, 12 boys living there. We also sponsor 12 children in a safe house in, a, in Nairobi. So wow. they are getting kind of informal education um, on the path to preparation for more formal education. 
we also sponsor other projects like teaching women business and sewing skills in Bangladesh. Um, globally, again, with that idea of empowering people through education, that is something that um, that I take to heart personally. Um, and we want our owners to to do that locally where wherever they can. Great. Let's switch gears a little bit and uh, talk sure. about talk about uh, some of our listeners maybe uh, sitting in a seat that you used to sit in, uh, you know, having an idea or have a business and they're thinking about franchising it or have been, you know, uh, approached about why don't you franchise your business mm. versus uh, staying as an independent and growing it um, yourself, uh, kind of those independent uh, independent right. shops versus uh, a franchise. Um, what drew you to franchising as an industry and taking that route versus mm. saying, Hey, I'm going to do this on my own and, 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 and kind of have that independent, uh, uh, that independent, uh, direction. Yeah. So during our first three summers, when we were running camps, we went from, uh, three cities to six cities to 13 cities. And at every stop, my wife would say, you know, why are you, why are you doing this? Why aren't you just happy right here? Um, and then when my switch, after I tested it in 13 cities to then selling franchises again, like, why are you just not happy running these 13 cities? And A, that wasn't the plan, but B, and probably more importantly, um, I can't be in those cities sharing my passion for computer science. I can't be there talking to the principals and networking. So in this role, it since it requires uh, or benefits so much from conversations, it really made sense to have committed people in different cities with that same passion uh, who could grow the vision and expand it. So it it really, um, it, it wouldn't spread and the message wouldn't have spread as well if it was just me from my office. Great. So if you would, Giving somebody some advice who's thinking about franchising their business, let's forget about the category mm -hmm. or anything or whatever, but what are maybe one or two things that they should be asking themselves or researching or education themselves, educating themselves on about franchising their business? What, I mean, with your experience, I mean, look, this isn't easy franchising a business. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, uh, obviously the, the end game is a lot more financially rewarding the exit strategy than if you had a in couple of independent business. I mean, to, right. to get the financial side on the royalties, the earnings on the royalties, the payout, uh, whether it's private equity or whatever it may be versus independence. I mean, that that's a whole separate conversation, but it's a lot higher. But what mm -hmm. are some, what are the one or two things like I said, if somebody was thinking about franchising their business, they had a couple of locations open, what what would you say are the first two important things or things that they really should look at first? Yeah, I would I would say, can the business run without them? So if it's one location or a couple, can it be done without them doing all the daily tasks? So that would require them to make sure that they have systems set up, a revenue system, staffing system, um, have all those systems in place. Um, they won't be as good as they'll need to be. I find that out like every six months as we add more people, we need to reinforce those systems. Um, but the business needs to be able to run without them there. So um, can it can it do well with a different owner, an semi-absentee owner? So how can they test that? So if they're running it in another city, 
could they train that person and be more hands-off? Um, really, because that's important to know. Like no one is buying a business to buy a job. Right. Um, so first, can they replace themselves out of their business? Because uh, you, I also think you can't both sell franchises and run your local business. So you first need to replace yourself, see if it's profitable, functioning, um, and then get other people to buy in. Interesting. I, I would also seem to think that being able to duplicate the systems mm -hmm. from one location to another is important. That operational side, it's, uh, you know, there may be, there may be a, a, a number of moving parts, but you want to be able to duplicate them. And I, I don't like to use the word easy, but be able to manage those systems. So if somebody coming in like myself wanted to be a franchisee, I could take that manual and run with those systems and, mm -hmm. and, and duplicate where you've been successful on your own. Correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a, a big part of it is um, someone told me before, like write down everything you're doing because someone else will need to know how to do that. Uh, and of course I didn't do that right away. So I'm still writing down things like, Hey Jeff, how do you run a birthday party? Write that all down so that people can see that. Um, but yeah, having the systems, having it written down uh, so that people can easily follow it as a guide to have the same success uh, you are having. Great. Great. Um, the, the amount of time or there, there are important things in life. I mean, family comes into play, um, work-life balance. Um, I think your organization brand gives a lot of options for work-life balance. It's not necessarily like you said, a, a restaurant or a business that requires seven days of operation, 16 hours a day. Um, when you look at the work-life balance, and again, you did this on your own, you came out of corporate mm. America, so to speak, that listener right now that's thinking about exiting corporate America uh, or you know, maybe taking a, an independent store that they have and turning it into a franchise, how important is it to stay on track on that work-life balance and to keep your family involved or you know focus in on the important things of uh, in life yeah it's I, i'd say it's number one so when i started i was up every morning working from five until seven then my kids would get up i'd be with them they go to school at eight i would work until five and then i made sure i was with them every evening for supper so from five till eight um back then they went to bed at eight and then i most nights I'd put in a couple more hours. Um, it was what what it required. Um, not doing that as much now, but really um, having that time every night with my family was critical. Um, you know, nine years ago, they were how old? Uh, <laughs> Scary, huh? <laughs> I know. It was like five, seven, and nine. So um, yeah, it was really, really important for me and for my wife to be there. Again, having had a restaurant where he's working way too much. Um, and then the best part was being on vacation um, and being with my family camping and realizing that I had camps running in 13 cities with staff running them, um, making me money. And I was I was at the beach. Um, so you do need to do do the work. You'll you'll get the benefits of being an entrepreneur if you put in all of the work of being an entrepreneur. Um and some days there just isn't that balance. I think 
I heard a teaching once about, um, you know, we all talk about juggling balls and an entrepreneur, a family person needs to decide some days which balls he's going to drop because you just can't, you can't juggle right. them all all the time. Right. So, and if I'm going to drop something, it's going to be on the business side even now um, and, and keep the family side in my hands. Great. Well, we're running out of time here, but uh, when you look at the vision of your, of your organization, Skill Samurai, and let's flash forward three, four, five years from now. Um, what do you see? I mean, uh, obviously you're looking to grow the brand. Um, mm -hmm. You're looking to be national. Uh, you're already international because I believe you're in uh, Singapore, Australia, and Canada, um, yep. as well as in the U.S. But what you, where do you see yourself, the brand, in three, four, five years? Still going to be involved mm -hmm. in it, really looking to build it? Yeah, we are. Um, even now, we are um, in talks with lots of partners, but uh, increasing our revenue streams and our our curriculum pathways. Um, so right now in STEM, we do we're really strong on science, technology, and engineering. Uh, nothing on math. So you know, depending on when when this airs, uh, sometime in March, we'll be launching a comprehensive math curriculum. So because a lot of times it's the same parents. So they're, they're looking to enrich their child's grades, improve their grades. Um, so, so the parents looking for math are often looking for coding as well. Um, so that will be a kindergarten through grade six program. Um, and that's another revenue stream for our owners. Um, and then just, yeah, what we really, the goal is to be the, the largest enrichment education provider. So we're doing that, you know, one franchise Great. at a time at this point. Great. Um, the best way for somebody to get a hold of you if they wanted to learn more about Skill Samurai? I mean, is there uh, yeah. an email address you want to share, a website? Sure. Yeah, the website is skillsamurai.com and they can email me, uh, jeff at skillsamurai.com. Great, great. Obviously, they can also reach out to me, Scott Milas, Scotty Milas, Scott Milas, franchisecoach.com. Uh, visit my website, also scottmilasfranchisecoach.com. Jeff, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I hope we can, you know, 12, 14, 15 months from now, we can get you back and have another perspective of what's mm -hmm. going on. But we thoroughly enjoyed the uh, uh, the conversation. Any closing? Anything you'd like to say or we forgot no, to ask you? <laughs> no, I appreciate your time today. It was a lot of fun. Great, great. Well, everybody, this is Scotty Milas, All Things Considered Franchising, powered by scottmilasfranchisecoach.com. Thank you for listening. Make it a great day.